I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Who's who's St. Peter? Is he somebody important in the Bible? Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born today in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Jenny, was this the best day of your life? This in 1977? was a day of my life in 1977. I heard it was the best day of your life. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. We don't we don't share the same birthday like my cousins do. <laughs> oh yes, our cousins have the same birthday two years apart, which is really weird. <laughs> really weird. Today we continue our look back at Walnut Grove with Little House on the Prairie, season two, episode twenty-one, going home. Jenny? The description reads, feeling pleased and hopeful about the success of his current crop, Charles and his family must confront serious devastation when it's completely destroyed by a t- tornado. Never one to get discouraged and throw in the towel after facing adversity, Charles stuns his wife and children with his reaction to this loss and makes a life-changing decision without consulting them first. Of course he does. Of course he does. Jenny, I'm going to say something. I'm going to tell everybody about this. While I was watching this, I text Jenny and I said, I think this is the worst episode we've ever seen. (laughs) Do you agree with me that it just wasn't good? I mean, it's it's... I feel like we saw a lot of really good ones. And then what happened? Like clearly written and directed by someone different. Written and directed by Michael Landon. And let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I, I'm i not happy with you, Michael Landon. Like this is no bueno. Not good. Not happy. It has a whole different tone and seriousness to it, but like not in a good way. Like the opening scene and the silence of it and stuff, it felt very Werner Herzog, but like in a in a bad way. Not in a good way. It's just not good. There's a lot of problematic writing. So everyone, this sucks. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> Get Buckle ready. Up because this totally sucks. Guys, you know that it really hurts my heart and soul to go after Michael Landon. Although I think that our episodes are better when the episode of Little House sucks worse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. You're right, though. We have come off some really good ones. Yeah, I mean, and then to have this, yeah. okay, this is like a giant 
steaming turd. All right. We open at night. All is quiet in the drama barn. When all of a sudden, it isn't. By the way, in case you're new to the podcast, Jenny has coined the barn the drama barn. And I'm still waiting for the graphic, Jen. Did I coin that? Yes. And I'm still waiting for the graphic. Yeah, all right. I'll get right on it. We hear winds blowing, like real winds. (laughs) The animals start going crazy. Caroline and Charles wake up and discover a nighttime tornado. Now, I want to say something here. I'm going to pause already. Some of you may have heard Jenny and I talk about our love and obsession with seeing a big wave. I mean, extreme weather in general. Yes, me too. I wanted to see the tornado. I know. And they didn't show it. I don't know. They've done cheesy graphics before. Look at the episode with the kite and the lightning. That would have been like a cutout piece of paper with a drawing. (laughs) If they did it in Wizard of Oz 40 years earlier, they could do it now. Are you trying to compare the two? No. I'm saying like 40 years before, they did it for... The Wizard of Oz. They used buffalo wing sauce for blood <laughs> in the 70s when they did all these great horror movies. That's, There's something with the budget here. Michael Lanton had to dress up like a goddamn bear. <laughs> yeah, like Maybe they run out of budget towards the end of the season. Maybe. And then they just have to like use whatever they have around. Maybe. Okay, so, and it's a nighttime tornado, which I don't know why I just never associate tornadoes with night. They don't know if it's night or day. Yeah, I guess they don't. Charles yells to get the kids into the sod house. Now, the sod house is new, and it plays a pivotal role in this episode. I, is it new? Well, like, it's it's new to us. They've never really talked about it before. Well, I have a question. Is that, this, is that the house on the bank of Plum Creek? No. I don't think so. Because that was also a sod house. Maybe. But, I mean, I, I think that was a common thing to have it built into the earth that stays cool. Wait a minute. Right? You're like, on to something. Because remember in episode one when they got there, they said something about Plum Creek. Uh-huh. Like that they were there. Yeah, I don't know if that's – I don't know if I'm spreading lies Mimi's or truths. come at us. I know a lot <laughs> of you have read the books, and you might know this. Well, from what I heard, the show has deviated a lot by this time from the books. <laughs> think? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So Caroline and the kids get into the sod house and it's kind of like a root cellar, right? Did you see the chicken house blow over? I freaked out. <laughs> no. Like, there go the fucking eggs. It blew right over. Oh boy. Like chickens went flying everywhere. Well, I love how Charles sends Caroline to the sod house and he goes and gets the animals. Like, dude, I've seen her wrangle animals. She's good at yeah. it. Get her She's up the there. One should be doing that. Like Mary and they're gonna take go- the kids. I mean, Mary's practically old enough to marry off on her own. And why is Charles going to go save this cow? This cow almost killed Caroline. They owe this cow nothing. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yep. Okay. So Charles saves the animals. And unfortunately, Jenny, that includes Jack. I saw that. And I'm like, he's, he's running around. I was waiting for him to like, for the wind to whip his shirt off. I thought that was going to (laughs) happen. Oh, I look for any excuse to see Charles shirtless and use my little air horn sound effect. Because let's face it, all the episodes directed by and written by Michael Landon, like they're just a vehicle for him to be physical, a hundred and dramatic, a hundred percent, and like try to win his Emmy. Yep. Yeah. The next morning, shit looks real bad. There's some dead <laughs> birds, chickens, and the drama barn is near destroyed. Some of the animals are dead, like a calf. Yeah. Did you get this? Prompting Charles to so call weird. the calf's mother a darn fool cow. So 
first of all, the buffalo wing sauce is back. It's on it his is. head. It's on his face because he got hit with the board. Yeah, and like what the hell? so he let the horse out of the barn, but was like, all right, cow, whatever you want to stay here, cool with your baby. I don't. And then I had to rewind it and put on the closed captioning to understand what he was even saying. He was saying the mother thought her darn baby would cow. be safer in the barn. She's a darn fool cow. I think he's supposed to be having some kind of like philosophical and mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was having a breakdown. Um, First of all, like, why are you throwing shade at a cow who just lost its baby? Second of all, cow doesn't seem cows to give don't a shit. have rational thought. The like, cow's just sitting there eating We don't know if the cow is like, I think we will be better in here. Oh, you're right, Pa. Now I feel guilty about that decision. <laughs> the cow's just sitting there chomping on hay like it's another day. Doesn't even care. We need like Bruce Willis to do the voice of the cow, like Look Who's Talking movies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was truly bizarre and it felt like it was something trying to be artsy, maybe. I don't know. Who, like getting into Michael Landon's mind or Charles's him, mind. Who lets him loose on this? Oh, right. He's an executive producer. He's probably like he just. Yeah. No one else on this set or anywhere near the set has any agency over what happens except him. Caroline finds some damage in the house, but the real devastation, Charles tells her, the entire field of crop has been wiped out. Now, the entire field of crop. Of crops. <laughs> the entire crop. <laughs> now, I'm no farmer, and you all know I have an adversarial relationship with the outdoors at best. <laughs> but I guess the crop is like all the things they planted like the corn the potatoes everything do not know what a crop is well, like, does it encompass all the different things yeah uh, yeah right. this crop jenny charles is beside himself he heads yes. out into the drama barn where i think he sees dead horses because caroline comes up behind him and is like i see you find found the horses why do you see dead horses I don't well, no charles is kind of looking at like a pile of hay they don't show it and she goes, I see you found the horses. And he's like, yeah. I don't know I don't what that, that means. I don't I don't, again, you're going to hear me say a lot. I don't know what that means. Because <laughs> it's not clear. It's not clear. All right. So Charles is like crying and saying, I never hurt anyone. Why would God punish me? And Caroline in her little, you know, optimistic Bible beating self is like, Charles, God isn't punishing us. He's testing our strength. Oh, I was wait. I mean, I've been waiting all season for her to do a, a whole. Um, uh, we're testing. God is testing us. Yes, you have been. You've been calling that. And one. I just have that Charles is pouting in the corner, and Carolyn is doing all the repairs and cleanup. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And I wrote Charles is D O N E. Like he's like done. Like he's like how we all feel about 2020 right now. I mean, I kind of reached. It's funny because I feel like I reached that point this week mm-hmm. where I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I did I'm too. Done. I was driving on a random country road the other day and there was an old man laying on the side of the road and he looked okay. There was somebody with him and he was like waving at cars, but he was like too close to the road. Like I was afraid someone was going to run over his legs. And I'm like, okay. you know what? 2020. 20, whatever. Like, whatever. You want to lay on the side of the road and wait for somebody with you? You're good. I'm <laughs> and my girls are like, maybe we should stop and see if he needs help. I'm like, no. Somebody's with them. Somebody's, Somebody's with them. Okay, so Charles is like, I'm done. I'm so goddamn tired. And 
you know what, Jenny? He has every right to say that. He has been working like a maniac to make this happen. So he's like, I'm packing all this shit up and we're going home. Back to the big woods. And I wrote, I'm surprised it took this long. I would have done this the day I fell out of the tree. (laughs) I'm surprised it took this long. But my other question is, what do they do in the big woods? Like, you don't farm there. Well, and they left the big woods because he was a failure there. So maybe we're seeing a common denominator here. (laughs) Maybe do, Pa. Maybe maybe she's let Carolyn handle things from now on. Uh, all right. Charles heads to work and tells Hanson he lost his crop. And Hanson's like, oh, crap. And Edwards is there. Edwards is there. And Charles announces he's going home and he's selling his land for 80 bucks. Because it's been too hard this year. Saying to Edwards, who almost died this year. <laughs> Edwards, who has been beaten into submission... Has been forced to conform to a life he doesn't want, (laughs) being forced on the spot to marry someone, and then attacked by a bear. Yeah. (laughs) You had a rough life. I mean, if anyone anyone has something to complain about. And he had to quit drinking, too. (laughs) He can't drink at work anymore. Yeah, through all of this. So, I have a question about the crop. Uh, You're asking me? Yeah. So, he says it's corn, and it's real high. Like mm-hmm. over his head, mm-hmm. wouldn't it already have the the ears on it? Like even if a tornado hit it, wouldn't like couldn't you still harvest some of the ears if it's like already mature? I have like <laughs> I number one cannot believe you are asking me this. <laughs> it just seems like something that would be somewhat salvageable if it's that late in the season. Yeah, like right? why like, don't you just run around town and pick up your ears of corn? Unless the ear, <laughs> unless it pulverized it into kernels. <laughs> Then you then you're gonna sell like cans of corn, I guess. <laughs> or or did it was it super high but hadn't? Because I think the ear starts to form earlier than when it gets super high. I don't know. Maybe someone knows. I, I guarantee there are people in the Mimi bees that know more about corn than I know. Our Mimi bees like are they know everything. You could be on the frontier, and I would live with. Well, they know everything. Mm-hmm. We're like, what's corn? How's it go? <laughs> I will say this. This is how in the country I am. Across the street from my girl's school, there's a big cornfield. Why you go? Why you go walk around there and check stuff out? It will. I'll go check it out. <laughs> right after I watch Nightmare on Elm Street this week. All right. So Charles and Edwards have a small fight, and Edwards is like trying to help him, and Charles is like, "You don't know how I feel. You still got your crop. I can't keep telling myself next year's going to be better. I can't make it here again." Amy 2020. I can't keep telling myself <laughs> next year is going to be better. <laughs> and I wrote, wow, he's going to move this entire family, like just uproot them. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Later that night, Charles is fixing the wagon and Laura comes out to see him. She starts crying and begging him to stay in Walnut Grove. She says she's bigger now and can help him work. And Charles is like, nope. And Laura essentially calls him a quitter and leaves. I mean, that whole conversation was extra melodramatic. You think? Yeah. Laura called him a quitter. I know, but it was just so... And, like, they they don't... They're Like, they're acting before this is fine. Like, she doesn't overact, but somehow he made her overact in this episode. Yeah. Shocker. It's weird. That's in his mm-hmm. direction. Overact. Yeah. Clearly. Definitely. Because she's not an overactor. She's super believable. Yeah, she's good. Like, typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Laura decides, Jenny, to take matters into her own hands and runs right into the arms of public enemy number one, Reverend Alden. 
Because he always makes everything better. <laughs> always. <laughs> Laura tells Reverend, Reverend Alden that Pa is angry at God. And Laura says, I'm just going to read this verbatim here. Laura says, God has so many people to look after. He probably got Pa mixed up with someone else. So I started laughing my ass off at this point. Because wow. I'm like, the tornado was a holy clerical error. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Reverend Alden says God can't protect everyone from misfortune, Jenny, but he could provide them with the strength to see it through. The good old God is testing us. I had to fast forward through the rest of that conversation. I couldn't even watch it. Yeah, it was bad. Laura then says Pa has no strength and that for the first time the other night, Jen, he looked old. No, he doesn't. No, no he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Rev is like, I'm on it. And his solution? Let's pray. I know. I just, I couldn't. And I wrote, let's see how that works out. It was just a long, painful, unnecessarily long, painful conversation. Again, the writing and the directing. Like, I was just like, I can't watch this. I never, I I turned to my husband, Timmy, at this point, and I'm like, wow, I was really being brainwashed with religion from this show. Like, and I didn't even, like, it didn't work. From this show or just our life in general? Our life in general, but wow. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Back at the homestead, Jen, an older man and a woman come by to see the farm. They're Hanson's friends, and I had a theory that this was all set up by Hanson. Me too. Yep. And I said, oh, my God, they also, they're wolf, they're wolf manning it. Wolf manning it? Do you remember we made that up? No. Top Gun. They uh, wolf man. It's like a random yes. joke. So moving forward, when we say this is a wolf man situation or they wolf manned it, it means they threw an extraneous character in to move the plot. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. Yeah. But I, I do feel though that the Sims are kind of necessary to this story. I couldn't with I kept writing the Sims down and it S-I-M-S. made me laugh because I love the Sims. Mm-hmm, me too. But I have an index card. Wait. <sighs> Who are the Sims besides Wolfman characters to drive the pot al- plot along? <laughs> So I don't care who they are historically because they probably didn't exist, right? Like there's so much liberty taken in the TV show by this time. It's yeah. off the books. Yeah. But I looked up the actors because they. I'm like, that guy looks so familiar. That guy looks like the animation from uh, Rudolph. What is that kind of animation called? Oh, the, the uh, Burl Ives stuff? Yeah, but like what kind of animation is that? It's not claymation. No, I forget that they're like animatrons. Yeah, like yeah, he like looks like that. Like his skin is super shiny. He looks like Cornelius, whatever the explorer okay. dude. All right, okay. okay. His eyes look too far back in his head. Is what I'm saying. So he's not a construct. He's a real person. <laughs> EJ Andre, his name is. He was born in 1908. Ooh. So like, so he could have been the real Laura Ingalls Wilder's like grandfather, probably or grandson, maybe probably. Right? Because, yeah. Sure. Maybe that's what he was when they went and got him. Um, He appears, the reason why he looks familiar is because he appears in several Little House episodes. Do you know who he is? Who? He's the Mark Twain gun salesman. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, he looks so familiar. Wow, that's just sloppy. Well, and he also appears in um season the season three finale which obviously we haven't seen yet called gold country mm. kind of excited about that one a little bit season five the god sister he appears as saint peter so 
by season five, Little House is probably going off the rails. <laughs> who's who's <laughs> seeing Peter? Is he somebody important in the Bible? Yeah, he, he's like one of the main like saints. He's like what? He, he's he, one of the main I'm characters. Assuming, he was one of the apostles. Peter was one okay. of the apostles. Uh, but he plays Saint Peter in a Little House episode. Like, where did this go off the rails? You do realize if if it ever happens that I am questioned about the Bible in like a handmaid's tale kind of situation where I have to answer these questions to save my life. I'm fucked and I'm dead. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I mean, the only reason I know is because I studied religion academically in school and we studied one of the religion books we studied was the Bible. Okay. I read kind the of children's Bible when I was a kid. Great. I don't remember Good. any of it. And then Mrs. Mrs. Sims, Anna Sims, is Loren Tuttle. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. She was born in 1907, so they're both like 400 years old. Actually, they're only in their, I think they're in their 60s. Wow. Right? At this point, that's an old 60s. That's an old 60. Like. Yeah. Like um, my mother in law is 74. She looks 15 years younger than this woman. I know. Cause like they kept talking about like 40 years ago, 40. I'm like, they must only be in their 60s. Cause like when they got married, they were yeah. probably in their 20s. Yeah. They look 105. I mean, they're cute, but they look they are cute. They look like Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Yeah, they kind of do. Mm-hmm. So. She was a stage actress in the 20s and 30s. Because of her fine speaking voice, she found a new revenue of um, work in radio during the Depression and became one of the medium's most recognized voices. She was dubbed the first lady of radio and was Effie Girl Friday from The Adventures of Sam Spade. I thought that was pretty Mm, interesting. That's pretty cool. Um, She was also frequently on Red Skeleton Show. I mean, that's how old these people are. (laughs) That's so cool. And then basically all through the rest of her career, like basically through the seventies and eighties, she, they, they both died around, around 84, 85. Um, basically she played old lady or granny basically in every eighties. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, she was in Dallas. She was in the Dukes of Hazard. She was in fancy Island. Like she was on mm-hmm. everything as like some old lady. Okay. She was everywhere. Hmm. There you go. That's yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like there's many ways you could have taken this to be boring. There was but... a lot of opportunity for really boring shit. Yeah. You did a good job. I'm proud of you. I'm trying to make it a little more um exciting, popular. <laughs> popular <laughs> culture. Pop culture versus hard science. It's not as popular as Amy's rewrite corner, but we're getting there. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're going to be you're going to have to rewrite this whole episode. Oh god, yes. Okay, so these guys are called the Sims, and it turns out that they used to live on this exact farm when they first got married. And Jenny, they also had Tornado here. So at first I thought that Hanson hired actors to do this, but then I'm like, then I'm like, he just recruited these people, I think. Like he yes. just knew them and yes. like called them up and was like, I need you to do something oh, for me. He made a call. He totally did. He is the puppet master. Because guess what? Not only did they have a tornado, but they also lost a crop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I wrote, oh, come on. <laughs> I know. Like, so heavy handed. And I have a problem. He calls his wife Mama. And I need your thoughts on that because I hate it. I mean, But you know who else does it? Sitting in 2020. You know who else calls his wife Mama? Mitch McConnell? The, no. <laughs> no, that's Mike Pence who calls no, his Mike wife Pence. Mother. No. The Santa character from Rudolph calls Mrs. Um, Claus Mama. I think, I think that was a- that couple come to life. Maybe they, I, I didn't see anywhere that they did the voices for that. Um, Guys, maybe come at they, me with the picture of Mr. and Mrs. Claus from Rudolph. I'm telling you, it's these two. Maybe um, that was a common thing then. I don't like it. Because that, all that shit was made in the 70s too. I don't like it. 
Okay. Well, anyway, it's weird. It is weird. All right. So Caroline is super pissed at this couple showing up. And she's like, yeah, let me take you to the barn and introduce you to Charles, whatever. Do you want some poison tea? Mister? And she's like talking through clenched teeth. Like, Charles, a couple of toes. Totally. Or home. So Mr. Sims and Charles tour the property. And Mr. Sims says something really beautiful about a tree. Did you get this? Yeah, something about a tree. He said they shared their strength with the earth and their beauty with us. Felt like a bad, like, dollar store But card. I thought it was nice. And it was probably the best written line of the whole freaking episode. All right, it's a low bar. Sims tells Pa he will pay asking price on one condition. Pa has to help him fix everything around the house, but Sims will provide the materials. And you see where this is going already. Yeah. Right? So predictable. And they could sign the papers when they're done. And this is all a setup by Hanson. It has to be. It totally is. Because he probably didn't even pay for those materials. Hanson probably gave them to him. Unless Hanson, like, knew these people. Well, he must have. If they lived in the town that for that long, yeah. he knew them. Yeah. Like, I thought maybe he just recruited people. No, he probably knew them and called them up. I was like, I need, I'm going to give you some wood. I need you to do something for me. <laughs> That's what I think. Well, let's talk, let's, let's walk this down, out though. Let's <laughs> talk about this. What is in it for Hanson to get them to stay? He wants Charles to stay. I think he just wants Charles to stay. I don't think he wants to bang Caroline. No. Okay. You know, there's, you know, one of our memes positive no. that theory. That no, everyone in no. town wants to be in Caroline. <laughs> no, I think Hanson just wants them to stay. Okay. I think he likes. I like. I think he likes Charles, and he likes them, and he wants them to stay. And this costs him like a little bit of wood. Yeah. Okay. On the way to school, Mary and Laura. Okay, so now switch to Mary and Laura, and they're on their way to school, and they run into the Sanderson kids. John Jr. gets all weird with Mary and asks her to skip school. They run off together to a tree where John Jr. reads Lord Byron. And the poem he's reading, I will not bore you with it, is really good, though. It's called When We Two Parted. Look it up. Yeah. Sure. Okay. John Jr. stops after a few lines, and Mary asks him to continue. And she says, but you love Lord Byron. And he says, well, I wrote here, do you notice he has a really flat affect? Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, I like Lord Byron. I love you. <laughs> I he's like the whole thing the whole conversation is painfully awkward. I don't know if that's like by design, like because they're teenagers, you know. Well, so he's like, like, I like Lord Byron, I love you. And I wrote, uh, Jenny, I think we missed some shit. I think well we might we we might have <laughs> one hundred percent did. <laughs> yeah. I think we probably missed it. Yeah. Cause this is escalated quickly. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> Although we watched most episodes in season two. We we did miss some though. Yeah. So maybe there was yeah. maybe there was some episodes. Mary doesn't respond and John Jr. tells her she will know if she loves him by kissing him. And I wrote, Okay, sexual predator. He is like a hoe. Wow. Like hoe. that's a lot of pressure, dude. John Jr. is all like, You're gonna go away, so we need to do this. And it's their first kiss, and he's like, We have to try. By the way, Mimi's. I recorded this. It'll be, you know, oh in the Mimi B's under Amy's copyright protection. <laughs> <laughs> they kiss very quickly and then Mary bolts and then she yells, I love you, John Jr. when she's running they, away. They kissed like you'd kiss your mom goodnight. Like it's so I'm watching this show on HBO called The Vow. It's about okay. the Nexium sex cult. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You were telling and me about the this head later. of the Nexium sex cult. Kisses everybody on the lips. 
Oh, that's weird. It's weird. But even those kisses were longer than this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, I don't I don't know if that's a good comparison. Well, it's just this whole like kissing hello like, on the lips is weird. I wouldn't kiss my grandparents on the lips hello. No, no. No. Okay. <laughs> Cut to a weird scene with the old couple. The Sims. Whoa, They're the whoa, Sims. Whoa, they have whoa. a name. Okay. In bed doing some freaky massage shit. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. They have a little exchange about how he carried her over the threshold of the sod house over 40 years ago. And he's excited to have that homestead back again. And then I wrote, hmm, maybe this is legit. Well, I think they're legit, but I think Hanson went and hunted them down. Yes. And was yeah. like, hey, I have an opportunity. Maybe maybe they're being manipulated, too. Like, they might be. <laughs> maybe they're being puppet mastered, too. I don't know. <laughs> and then he's like, I have an opportunity for you. <laughs> Hanson's like, I need you to do me a favor. <laughs> I don't At the Ingalls, Mary and Laura talk about Mary skipping school. And she confides in Laura that she and John Jr. kissed. And she didn't tell Laura it was an ultimatum and he made her do it. But she left that fact out. Well, it's funny because Laura is acting like she does not give a fuck at first. (laughs) But then when Mary's like, we kiss, she's like, oh, my God, what? (laughs) And then Laura's like, this is so gross. Yucky. Yucky. And then Mary rolls over and is like, fuck you. Whatever. Laura is loving the soap opera. She wants to, she wants episode two. The next day at school, Laura is rubbing her eyes from exhaustion. Did you get that? (laughs) And John Jr. is whispering to Mary that he wants to sneak over her house. She's like, maybe. And he's like, say for sure. Say for sure. Jesus, dude, back off. Did you notice the 37 year olds at the board (laughs) writing three syllable words that start with I? Of course I did. And like the confused <laughs> kindergartner in the front, front the 12 times table. Yeah. Later that night, the Sims are over and Charles is playing the violin. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to say this may be one of the creepiest scenes in Little House. Like oh the my funniest God. scene was Carl lighting off fireworks in the Edwards barn. Fantastic. Can never top that. But this might be the creepiest because the girls are upset, Laura and Mary, and they make excuses to leave the room, okay? Pause, like, playing the fiddle. Mary leaves to go sneak out and see John Jr. because Which we never see. No. We never see. No. Right. Laura goes upstairs, and, and after Mary leaves, Mr. Sims, Caroline goes to go after Mary. And Mr. Sims stops her and says, let me go. Sometimes it's easier to tell your troubles to a stranger. Nope. No, no, that's never true. And then I'm like, oh, wait, he's going up into their bedroom to talk to Laura. So creepy. Let me let me just say that again, guys. The old strange dude is going up into your room. Completely, complete stranger. (laughs) He's like, I got this. (laughs) And he sits on the edge of her bed. What is Laura? Laura will spill it to anyone who will listen. <laughs> she talks to any stranger. So Sims asks Laura if she's prayed and she says, why bother? And she tells Sims how Paul freaked out on God and how they don't want to move. Then Sims like shames her. And he's like, you weren't really praying for your pa, were you? You were praying for yourself because you don't want to move and you're a selfish brat. Well, he, I mean, he's not, he's not wrong. That's what, that's what she wanted. Yes. But, like, I don't know. 
And then he says something about giving a stranger a chance. No, no, not (laughs) until you're an adult. Not until you're an adult. So Laura confesses under the weird pressure of this interrogation that, yes, she prayed for herself. And I wrote, he's a total dick. And he tells her God doesn't like when you pretend pray for someone else. Uh, Does God like when strange old men wander into little girls' bedrooms and call them liars and make them feel like shit about themselves? I feel like that's not godly. So then Laura prays, but I have a question. Is She's lying in bed praying. Is that okay? I don't know the rules. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So like you said, when he's leaving, he's like, always give a chance, a stranger a chance, child. Nope. 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 No, nope. not all your child. Nope. The next day, we see Charles working on the drama barn. Caroline and the girls are headed over to the Edwards place. Charles won't go, Jenny. God, he's acting like such a baby. He said he has things to do before church tomorrow because Mr. Sims is coming over to sign the papers. I was just shocked that some of the hens made it. Like There were some hens. (laughs) There were some hens. (laughs) When they get to Edward's place, John Jr. and Mary run into their barn and he tells them they should get married. He tells her they should get married. She's like, dude, I won't even kiss you. You're telling me what, (laughs) like I'm 16. (sighs) Are they even that? I don't is know. Mary even that old? But I wrote that he's a bad actor, and then whatever happened to him, and I looked him up, and he didn't do much after this. He's not a good actor. No, he like lives in France with his wife now, and wants to get back into acting. So there. Um. So I I remembered reading some Little House lore about them. So I <laughs> I went to look that up, and I found a whole other thing. But I'll get to that later. <laughs> but what I found on them is that the original script they were supposed to get married. Like they had them getting married. That was the original plan. But there was so little chemistry between the actors Mm. that they decided to just follow the books, which they did in any way because Mary, real Mary never got married, but they, they, they killed that whole storyline because the actors just had, they have no chemistry between them. You mean you wouldn't fall in love with somebody who talks to you like this? Let's go get married, Mary. We deserve to be married. We are of the right age. (laughs) What? There's also Laura around, like Laura and Almanzo not having chemistry, but like they, they acted it out enough. Like you believed yeah. it. Like yeah. it wasn't, yeah. but these guys are like, Oof. it's awful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they kind of get away with it a little bit because they're supposed to be awkward teenagers, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like you can't, you can only carry that so far. It's going to just be terrible. So Mary is like, dude, I'm not marrying you. Like if we're meant to be together, it'll be together. And I'm like, how can you say that in this day and age? Like when people move, that's it. They're gone forever. You're never going to see them like again. Email me. Right. It's not like I'll catch you on Facebook in a couple months. <laughs> right. So later we're back at the Ingalls farm and Charles and Caroline are together. And Charles starts reminiscing about the first day they moved in and how Caroline stood up to Mrs. Olson. Didn't take her shit. I'm like, yeah, she did. Car- Caroline starts throwing down some guilt. She does. Which good for her. She does. Caroline starts talking about how much the girls love it there. And then Jen, suddenly it occurs to Charles that he let everyone down and he gave up and he didn't consult with anyone. Not even suddenly Caroline. Suddenly it occurs to him. Suddenly it occurs to him. He realizes he make, he made this decision himself. You think? <laughs> and then realizes how selfish he's been. Like, I love how Michael Landon always writes himself as the character who realizes what a dick he's been. Like everyone else is a dick, but no one else realizes it. Like Sims isn't like, like, I shouldn't have chased Laura into her bed and shamed her. Like I was waiting for Carolyn to be like, I thought she was going to be the one that was like, 
you didn't even consult us mm-hmm. on this. Like you mm-hmm. just made this no. like, why didn't she confront him on no. that? No, no, he has the epiphany because he's so empathetic and insightful. Yep. Which normally he keeps doing the same thing over and over again. Normally I'm here for it, but mm-hmm. I'll talk later about why this was particularly annoying. Okay. Caroline says it's not too late. We can move into the sod house. I feel like that's a worse plan than leaving, to be honest. Like I said to myself, why don't they just go camping? Camp outdoors. What's the difference? Well, first of all, they're all like, it's too late. Like they obviously have never dealt with New York City real estate or anything. It is not too late until that ink is dry. And even then things might not work out. Like sure. If that ink is not dry in a contract, it is not too late. That's very this true. is not too late. Very true. <laughs> so, all right. they. She's like, at least we'll be here in Walnut Grove where we belong. And in real life, Jenny, Charles did move the family around a lot. A lot. The series changed that yep. detail. Yeah. So Caroline says, if you'd come to the woman folk in this family in the first place, we could have told you this. And then I added motherfucker for good measure. <laughs> sims papa sim can't sleep i was like he didn't look well and i'm like did laura pray that he dropped dead (laughs) well i wrote maybe you can't sleep because you shamed a little girl about her faith (laughs) (laughs) and you're stealing a family's house (laughs) he says mama the ingles are making the same mistake we made 40 years ago but what's done is done like you all have control over this situation yep like, why do you think there's no, like, everyone has a, nothing is done. And then they get into that too tiny bed. It's too tiny for the two of them. All the beds in, in Walnut Grove look incredibly uncomfortable. The next day, the Sims ride over and tell Charles, Jenny, they've decided not to buy the farm. Literally. <laughs> Charles is ecstatic, and he knows he owes Sims for the materials, but Sims says, make it up to me by making a donation to the church. And then they ride off and they watch as the Ingles all come outside and hug one another. Like just random. Like why didn't they hug each other? Right. They They all came outside outside. and did it. And Mrs. Sims says she would be happy anywhere with Mr. Sims. And that's it. So end of episode. So I was wondering, are the Sims extraneous? I don't even know. They're not. They're part of the plot. A wolf man would be like in the Caroline cuts her leg off uh, episode. The, the dude who broke his arm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a wolf man. Well, but you could still have the same episode without them. No, you couldn't because like, you have somebody they, going to buy their farm. Yeah, but like you could just have he's trying to sell the farm and then decides not to. Yeah, but like the maybe the townspeople were, convince him this no, day. No, no, no. The tension was ratcheted up, though, by he's made this promise to this guy. Like he can't back out of it. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Now they have extraneous characters carrying the whole plot, though. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Claus. <laughs> They're still extraneous and that we'll never see them again. I was just really disappointed with this episode. There was a lot of potential here. Yeah. Like, when I heard a tornado was going to wipe out everything, I was super excited. Yeah. And it just did and not the, work out that way. And the Mary and John Jr. side plot was... Uh, super underdeveloped, well, weird. Uh, well, that's because we may have missed something. It still felt, but like even what happened in the episode, like there's no. Okay, they said they were going to get married. Did they tell their parents? Did like what happened? I don't like know. they no, Mary shot him down. Okay, he was. Like, it just felt very like half baked. That part of it. John Junior is like 
A flat, monotone talker. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, let me read you poetry. You have to kiss me so we can see if we have chemistry. <laughs> it's just weird. So, Jenny, our new segment, whose fault is this? So I have, um, this is either Michael Landon's ego's fault or God's record keeper. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, I thought it was clearly Charles's fault, <laughs> but I can't help but want to throw a little bit of the blame on Reverend Alden. <laughs> Why not? Because Why not? when Laura comes to him to solve this problem, instead of Rev Make driving sense. out there and having a talk with Charles and maybe like calming him down, he just decides to pray and put this on Laura to take care yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We should start a scoreboard. Like, how many things are Reverend Alden's fault? I, I think those are pretty high. All right. At the end of every episode, Jenny and I will go back and we'll talk about maybe a theme or a lesson or, or some kind of trauma that we took from the episode, either as children when we first viewed it or as full-functioning women of a certain age. Quote-unquote, full-functioning. Uh, now. So, Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So my why for this episode is that I could never live in a, this is why I could never live in a tornado prone area. Like I'm terrified of tornadoes. Like I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by that. That's deep as opposed to all the people looking for houses in tornado prone areas. Oh, but people live there, right? Yeah. Like people take the risk by choice. Like I wouldn't take the risk and live there like in tornado alley or, you know, any area. Like I've been, I've had to evacuate for hurricanes. I lived down South. It's It's a buyer's market in tornado alley. Well, that's terrifying enough, and you know it's coming for a week or days, right? Like, you have all this time to prepare, and it's still terrifying and horrible. And, like, I can't imagine this thing springing up. You know, you have minutes to maybe not even that to react to it. It's terrifying. It's totally terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm, again, like all extreme weather, I'm fascinated by tornadoes. I used to say my dream job would be when they used to tether Anderson Cooper to poles in hurricanes. Doing that. That was so good. I would love to have done that, but I don't know. You're right. There's something once in a while. There's something crazy about tornadoes. That's just. Cause like you, you, even when they're happening, you could see it, but like, you don't know where it's going to go. Like, and there's, they could get so big that it, it it's not clear what direction they're moving in. It's just so terrifying. Yeah. I watch those videos often. Okay. So Jenny's afraid of tornadoes. That's afraid. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So I have two whys for this episode. Okay. okay. First one is this is why I sleep on everything before I act. I really have learned that as an adult. Like it's something I've had to think about consciously mm-hmm. work on not making rash decisions, That's Charles, true. not firing off nasty emails or Facebook comments, but like, oh, that's always a good rule of mine. Yeah. But like thinking about things and saying, I'm going to sleep on this for a night. I might draft a nasty email, sleep on it for a night, wake up the next morning, temper it, send it, save myself so a lot of. So it was Charles rash decision to move back to the big woods that, that gave you that insight into life. No, I don't think so. I got this on the the rewatch. Okay. And my second one, I got on the rewatch too. My second why is, this is why democracy is so important. When voices are left unheard, stupid mistakes are made. (laughs) 
<laughs> Democracy, people. Well, Carolyn, like, stand up for yourself. Yeah. Be like, hey, I'm an adult here, Carlos, too. Carlos, how about getting some input? Yeah. That wouldn't have happened. Even though she could have gotten away with it, and he would have been fine. Yeah. It just wasn't the thing to do, I guess. Like, he, I think he would have been fine with it. They have probably the most progressive relationship in town, the most equal oh, yeah. relationship, and is still... Yeah, super unequal in our opinion. Unequal, yep. unequal, unequal, unequal. It's super unequal in our realm of yeah. what is acceptable, right? I mean, it was even it was unequal for the seventies, especially, but maybe not. No, it no, wasn't. It, it was more things. And, I and hear. it's interesting we're talking about this today because. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has recently passed, which is a devastating blow. We're not getting political. We're just saying it's a devastating blow to women's rights. No yeah, matter I mean, she, what side you're you on. Have a, if you have a, your own mortgage, yep. if you have your own credit card, if you have any of those things, if you um, put yourself through school, like she did all of that. Well, and that's what know. I was going to bring up. I can remember mom telling me that in the 80s, she applied for her first credit card. It was a JCPenney's credit card. She had to have dad co-sign. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I would have punched somebody in the face. And I remember if you've ever seen The Handmaid's Tale, they start, they revert back to that, which guys, Jenny has never seen. The Handmaid's Tale I've seen. I thought you said you couldn't watch it. I can't watch the second season right now, but I saw the whole first season. Well, they start to get into the permeation of normal culture from Gilead, and you start to see these little rights being stripped away, and one of them is... Suddenly, you can't have your own credit card. You can't have your own mortgage. You can't have your own bank account. Your husband has to be on all of that. So thanks, RBG. Yeah. Love you. Do you want me to tell you what we're doing next? So we're doing, do we want to do episode one of season three? I don't know about that. What is it? Read me the The collection that's called Reverend Alden Falls Ill. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're doing that. (laughs) <laughs> it is called um it's season three episode one the collection okay so we'll be doing season three episode one we're already in season three we've been doing this quite a while because you know what, what episode two of season three is it's, it's is it bunny the one okay bunny okay. <laughs> or what's her name's in the wheelchair anything else you want to say jenny no nope. should i pause while you sing happy birthday to me no mm. okay all right um so again look for season three episode one coming at you next week check out our blockbusters by the time you hear this we will have a couple more out we're doing nightmare on elm street thanks to the mimi bees we're doing both of these things now somehow that happened even though i never really agreed to that to do nightmare on elm street for halloween and jane wanted to do halloween because she's so original it's good it's a good movie (laughs) and so then we were recording something else and Jenny tried to slip it in that we were just doing Halloween. Like I was not even, again, I was. And you didn't even notice. You didn't even notice. Jenny pulled a Charles and just, I'm doing Halloween. That's it. So <laughs> I said, no, we're taking this to the Mimi Bees. Mimi Bees is our Facebook group. Please join if you are not in there already. I said, we're taking this to the Mimis and they're voting. And the vote was dead tied. And even though. Our biggest fan, Ely, tried no. to vote for nope. her husband. Jenny would not accept it. You have to join Facebook, join the group, and cast your vote. Those are the freaking rules. Okay. You look like you read that. 
I didn't read it. What are you talking about? <laughs> she was looking down like she had to read that. <laughs> yeah, I just have that on a note card. <laughs> so in the end, now we're doing both. And I'm scared. I'm scared to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. I felt like you announced that we were doing both on the Mimi Bees. And I was like, we are? Okay, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't agree to this. Well, so the pool was tied. So I'm like, so what? Jenny, we have to honor their wishes. So we pick one. No, we We pick Halloween. That's not democracy. (laughs) Who said this was a democracy? The Mimi Bees is not a democracy. It's a republic at best. And we hope that you guys were able to listen to our last episode what was it? A soldier's return mm-hmm. where our dad made an appearance. Right, I forgot. <laughs> he was so excited about that. <sighs> All right, everyone. Thanks. And we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy what you hear, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Every review helps new listeners find us and helps us find new listeners. You can connect with Jenny and me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Gen X. This is why. Letter X, spell out the Y. We also have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. The link is on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.